0: Do you know what your brand message is? Do you know what difference you're out to make in the world with your music? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of the New Music Industry Podcast. You're listening to the Real music industry with David Andrew Weaver. Today I'm passing the mic with Tara Davina. How are you today, Tara?
1: I'm doing great.
0: I understand that you became an intern at London Sire Records in New York City at 20 years old. Then you joined the executive team at Warner Music Group, overseeing the independent music arm, specifically in digital sales and marketing. But then you realized you were made for something else. What happened?
1: Uh, Well, what happened was that I had sort of a rocket ship to the moon type career in the music industry And I had originally gotten into the business because at the end of my university degree in business, I thought to myself, what am I going to do next? And the answer, unlike most of my peers, was not become a product manager at Pepsi Cola or an accountant at KPMG, whatever the going typical career flow was. And so I thought to myself, well, I love music. I love being a musician. Perhaps entering the industry will bring me closer to these things. And over time, what I discovered was that being in the industry made me much further from these things and from my creative impulses. And so being a very creative spirit, I began to get progressively more and more depressed and disillusioned, even though on paper I had everything. That anyone would ever want, you know, wonderful, prestigious career, lots of abundance financially, you know, lots of engagement with the things. It just didn't add up for me. And um, I hit a breaking point where um, I was starting to decline and then went to Burning Man. I was invited to Burning Man, a little festival in the desert that at the time not everyone had heard of. And I went out there and I just, I met all these people who were really pursuing their creative dreams and up to things, doing things that really meant a lot to them. And, uh, you know, things that were overly ambitious and projects that are now defunct, but they were really caring about what they did for a living and spending their time pursuing that, which was their core purpose. And so with that, I boldly quit my career, walked out of the office with no plans, Hmm. And voila.
0: So I think it's not too unusual of a story that people go down the career path and then find it stifling. Of course, they many people find it difficult to then make the leap to something creative. So what was it about being in a career that just wasn't working for you?
1: The monotony, yeah. the repetition and the lack of meaning. Like I was never sure if I was helping anyone. So, you know, the disconnect between the record labels and the interests of the artists is so vast the interests of the managers and the booking agents and it just it felt like a big circular cash grab and I didn't participating in that and fulfill me with any sense of contributing to the planet in any significant way or mm-hmm. even really contributing to the artists and that's what really got me
0: you know you use the word meaning and I do hear a lot of people say it that they want to pursue some kind of meeting but what what does that mean to you
1: I have reflected on this question a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what is meaning anyway? You know, And the conclusion that I've come to is a little off the ball, which is that we all have within us a core message and we're practically born with this message. And throughout our lifetimes, we have different opportunities to express it, different ways of understanding what that message is and the closer we are in our lives to living an expression of that message or doing something that connects to that message allows us to express it the more we feel fulfilled and so for me meaning is that I actually find that if you look at most artists if you look at most successful brands marketers etc they all have on full display this core message whatever it is for them and everything they do connects to that. It's how we relate to it. It's their brand. It's their essence. It's how we know it's for us. And so I believe that each of us is that has one of those messages. We are each a brand of our own. Um, And that it's not just commercial. It's actually what is most deeply resonant with our the core of our being. <laughs> it's what lights us up. It makes us smile and feel like we're in the flow and that we're doing something that matters. So that's my definition of meaning.
0: Yeah. And that very much the description you gave for branding that lines up with how I've come to understand it as well. So that's really great. And one of the things you you do is help artists to rediscover their identity as an artist. Have you found that a lot of artists are off track in some way and have they lost sight of their true calling? It's kind of a multi-part question. And mm. what are some common issues artists face as related to their identity?
1: This is such a great question. So, there's two types of people. There are hmm. artists who are pursuing a career related to their art, maybe they're a musician or they're a painter, whatever they're doing, and they have lost sight of their message and their big why. There's also people who are on track with their life purpose or they're doing things that line up with who they are, but they've forgotten about their art. They are no longer making it a priority. And so I have found that everyone pretty much falls into one of these two categories, unless they are an artist who also knows their message or someone who knows their message who is also an artist. So I find that, first of all, most of us don't think that there's a lot of value in art. And so we're kind of told that it's, you know, oh, you're going to go get an arts degree. Oh, my gosh. I roll, you know, or you're going to become a musician and a starving artist. Oh, my gosh. What are you thinking? You know, and so there's all this stigma around pursuing a career in art. You know, like maybe we'll one in a million chance will descend upon us and we'll hit the big time. And so there's a real meme that, you know, being an artist means we can't make money, means it's not worth it. And what I found is that it is so worth it and it can be part of income generation for everybody. It's just that it doesn't want to exist in a vacuum. Mm. And so I think that it's very difficult to run a business without art. And it's very difficult to run being an artist without a business and that the magic happens and fusing those two things together around that core message around that identity. So it's about finding out who we are, what it is we want to transmit, what our message is, what our big why is, why we're here, what we want to leave people with, and then build around that space to express our art. That relates to that message, which can become part of our marketing, um, which can become part of our branding, which becomes a reason why people want to tune into whatever we're saying. And then also... The art becomes part of our business. It's a way that we can also generate income and make money. And there are so many different ways to do that that aren't necessarily the standard typical way. You know, like everyone thinks, oh, I want to become a musician. Let me get signed to a label and that sail off into the sunset. It's like, oh, there's like infinite ways to make money as a musician that could leave you so much happier than that path. It's so much more fulfilled and so much more wealthy. Hmm. It's just that we tend to get pigeonholed into the idea that there's only one way to do it. Just like we can get pigeonholed into thinking that our business has no space for art. That's a long answer, but those were a lot of really good questions.
0: So personally, I have the sense that most of the time I'm doing things that I love to do, but I still don't spring out of bed every day. And in fact, there's some days I'm tired and it's just a slog and I have a million tasks to do. So should it be the kind of thing that if we're in perfect alignment with, with our true purpose, we should be springing out of bed every day, or there's still times when it's difficult.
1: There are still times when it's difficult. However, if every day or most days is a slog, mm-hmm. my opinion is that delegation needs to happen. Right. So the reality is that in order to scale a successful business, we have to delegate. And in order to have a business where we're in our zone of genius and our magic, most of the time, which is where the fun happens, we have to delegate. And so, this is something most people put off, in my opinion, in, in my experience. And for, I've been guilty of this, too. We put it off until way too late. When, in fact, we should be thinking about this delegation. The minute we know how to do something and we identify that we do not like doing that thing, Wow! it is time to delegate that thing, <laughs> to free up our psychic face from having to deal with something that we do not want to do. It's worth it.
0: You know, I'm guilty as sin. But I think that the part that a lot of people get stuck on, and I've been stuck on this too, is where's the cash going to come from for me to go and hire someone? Or even if it's a freelancer or a contractor, am I just going to magically make the money back?
1: Well, I mean, let's assume you have any income stream. If You have absolutely no income stream, don't have a business, right? So absolutely. delegating isn't really something we need to be thinking about. So, but like once there is an income stream, let's say that you're effectively making 20, 30, 40, 50, $100 an hour, whatever it is, right? Maybe even $500 an hour or $1,000 an hour. Whatever that number is, as long as the person you are hiring costs less than that, it is actually you're losing money by not hiring out. So you only have so many hours in the day. You want to scale your business, you want to get more done. By hiring someone out who makes a lower hourly amount than you do, you're freeing yourself up to bring in a lot more money. So the return on investment is pretty much guaranteed if you're doing the right things in your business, if you are actually, if you have a good strategy.
0: But to an extent, it's still kind of jumping out without a parachute, hoping that the net will catch you in a way, which really describes (laughs) entrepreneurship in a a big way. But
1: (laughs) That's what I was about to say. It's about to say, welcome to entrepreneurship, the land of no net.
0: Well, yeah. And it is about knowing your, your access to cash and the various sources available and where you're going to make it back and all that kind of stuff. And we're problem solvers. So that is on us to figure out in a, in a pretty significant way. Absolutely. So what's core message marketing? What is it? How does it work? Why is it important that artists know what it is?
1: This applies to everyone, not just artists, but to use artists as an example. You know, there's a lot of music out there, especially nowadays. It's like yeah, infinite music. You know, we've entered a land where there's zero barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Like I could make a song and upload it to Spotify in the next 30 minutes if I yes. wanted to. No problem. So given that there's no barrier to entry and there's unlimited music out there, the music itself is not what is going to sell the music or the art itself is not what's going to sell the mm-hmm. art. Yeah. There's got to be more, you know, and, you know, is it your life story? I don't know, you know, like there's a lot of life stories out there. <laughs> but what really sells, what really lets people know they're in the right place is that core message, is that essence of who you are and what you represent and what you stand for. Because we humans, we want to stand with other people who stand with what's important to us. And so we will naturally migrate and flock to that. And that's why I spend so much time with the artists who I mentor honing in on the core message because it's so important it's so important and once the artist knows their core message it's like maybe maybe it looks like a sentence as an example so like the core message I've been working with for a while for myself is make your life a work of art right um which for me is represents um Living a life that feels like a work of art itself, like not settling for anything less than what feels like a masterpiece, but also literally making art in your life, <laughs> you know, like making a, a work of art for your life. And so everything I talk about centers around that message. All of my songs are about that. All of my teachings are about that. My courses, my programs, et cetera. It's just obvious to everyone probably but me. You know, we're always the last to know what our core message is. And so that's what a core message can look like. And then there's a million things I could talk about that connect to that. Pretty much anything I talk about will somehow have the flavor of that embedded in it. And it gives me consistency. That's how we brand, right? And so music tends to carry that core message with it very naturally. And if you look at musicians, song titles and lyrics and themes, they're always going to be invariably revolving around that person's core message if they are writing from an authentic place in them and not just trying to get on the radio or be successful or be appealing. So that's core message marketing is making sure that all the marketing ties into that brand to that core message, that there's a consistent thread um, that's interesting, you know, that you cannot shut up about the thing Mm -hmm. that you could talk about forever, like me going (laughs) on and on about this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so you kind of have it at the point where everything's corralled and it's centered on that brand. But did you have to like kibosh anything in order for everything to be centered on it?
1: No, because mm-hmm. everything always fits in. Like this is more like the golden thread that weaves through the center of everything that we're interested in than it is a some sort of a box that we're stuck in, right? So Everything can be woven into that core message. And once we know what that core message is, then our job is simply to ponder for a moment how does what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do connect into what is the relationship between those two things hmm. and connect them, connect the dots for our listeners and our readers and our fans.
0: One thing that's consistent about me is that I'm always evolving. So I'm deeply impacted by the books I read, the courses I take, the podcasts I watch or listen to. How can someone like me? Is that my brand that I'm always evolving?
1: Are you open to doing a little exercise with me right now? Like oh, a live yeah. demo? 100%. That's perfect. Because um, I'm just curious I, about your core message. So I'm going to start with sort of a dark, macabre thought experiment with you. It takes about five seconds. And the only stipulation is that you don't have any time to think, and you can mm-hmm. only spend about five to 10 seconds answering this question. Does okay. that sound good? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so here's the thought experiment. All right, I have some really bad news for you. Uh, You thought we were doing an interview today, (laughs) but actually this is the last five minutes of your life. You're about to die. Mm. And the silver lining on this is that we are recording this interview. And the answer to the question I'm about to ask you is gonna be broadcast to all of the, you know, seven, eight, nine billion humans on planet earth, translated into all the languages, This is going to be your legacy, except I'm going to ask you this question and you have to blurt out the answer. No time to think. Are you ready? Yeah. Great. What is your final instruction to all the inhabitants of planet earth on how to live their lives? Go.
0: To live a happy, fulfilled life, pursuing your creative inspiration.
1: Boom. Okay. Thought experiment over. You're going to live a long, healthy, happy life. <laughs> For manifestation purposes. Um, so live a fulfilled life and you know, creatively express yourself. Not a shocking message from you, no. but I'm curious if you reflect upon it. Why do you think that's the one thing that you chose out of all the things?
0: Because I naturally gravitate towards it. There's something in me, whether it's DNA or soul or <laughs> spirit, that has me wake up in the morning and go, I can't help but not create. It's just inside me.
1: Right. And part of that process for you is learning and evolving and reading and getting new information. That's, that's right. a That's a subset of that message. So I like to think of it like a diamond with multifacets. And we have our core message, which is like the diamond itself. And then there's facets of that. So one facet for you might be like continue reading and evolving and learning so that you're constantly creating you you know as part of that you know it's part of your um, creative fulfillment
0: love it so yeah you kind of put it in its place by making it a subset of of my core message
1: with this but not everybody identifies their core message from that question like there's a lot of other questions I can get into with people but that one tends to be a really great first step so for anyone if you're listening and you're playing along like Whatever your answer was is an amazing first clue.
0: One other thing I was wondering if you had any other examples, because I think there are bands or artists out there whose core message is, "Let's party." And actually there's nothing wrong with that. And then there's <laughs> ones that are a little more, let's say, complex or outward looking, in other words, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's Christian, maybe it's some kind of message or of peace or hope or something like that. So what are some examples that that come to mind?:
1: Well, the thing about core message. Hmm. is let's party probably isn't interesting or unique enough to fully encapsulate your expression. So if you think about each human being is a snowflake, you know, like we're all different in some way. There's something unique about us. And even though our core messages are going to overlap, like you and I both have core messages about creative expression, but there's something about it that's a little different. And it's really important. This is why I have all the other questions to figure out what is uniquely special about the way that you channel that message. So if you think your core message might be, let's party, <laughs> there might be something special about it. Maybe to you, it's like, let's party by traveling the world and being on boats, you know? And yeah. like, let's party by being craziest versions of ourselves, the most self-expressed, wearing the wildest outfits. And, you know, like there's something about the way that you do it, you do party um, that is special and unique. And so it's important to spend some time to really dig into that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess that example came to mind because I have a friend who's a drummer and he used to play in a band for, for college parties specifically. And that was sort of the brand to make sure that the band and the artistic image and everything else was set up in such a way that it was just an obvious thing for, for college parties to book them. So
1: Totally. Yeah. Makes yeah. total sense.
0: You talk about leaving a legacy of beauty and the inspiration. What does it mean to turn your life and business into an attractive work of art?
1: I think that a lot of transformational work, coaching, guidance works from the inside out, right? right. So it's like, um, how do I heal? How do I remove my limiting beliefs? How do I expand my capacity, manifest bigger, more abundance, et cetera. And I think that's a really great thing. You know, we should all be doing our inner work. Um, But I also believe that a lot of the transformation that we receive experience occurs from the outside in. And that's the music we listen to, the art that's on our walls, the food that we eat, you know, like the things that come in from the outside, because it matters, right? It's not just about what's on the inside. Like we're constantly receiving inputs and changing, just like you mentioned. So in order to make our business a beautiful work of art, some of these things have to be tended to as well. It's like, do we love our branding? Do we love the way that we're presenting ourselves? Do we love the tone of how we're presenting ourselves? Do we love the things that we're associated with, the types of people that we're attracting? These these things all matter in terms of, you know, Creating a business that we feel really proud of that actually feels like as much of a work of art as the art itself that we may be promoting or selling.
0: You know, the one thing that I started to feel a little bit constrained in my chest, and I'm sure it's going to be the case for some listeners too branding sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) Mm. What do we do?
1: The best branding is the simplest. Mm. And I think we are the brand, right? So it's all about being more of ourselves and not about trying to construct something complicated that's not us because that is going to be hard and laborious and exhausting. I think it's less about like having the fonts and the color palette that are like just right and scientifically proven to make people buy stuff and more about like do I feel good or not when I look at this? Yeah. Am I proud of it or not? And um I think it's an incremental thing. It's kind of like the best we can do is my branding perfect? Oh no. You know, I've had like Hideous websites for certain businesses before for years where it was just like some ugly button that I made you know 20 years ago on an HTML or something that was yeah. my website and it it matters and it doesn't matter you know get we get to a point where I think it does matter but I if we're trying really hard and it feels like work I think we're barking up the wrong tree and branding should feel like an extension of self expression
0: yeah because you have a really beautifully crafted website now. And part of what I'm getting, it wasn't always like that. So it's the same with me. Like I always keep evolving my website. So to make it something that's consistent with where I am now.
1: Right. Oh, this is so important too. Thank you. Because branding is a work in progress. And Hmm. so it's never done. Just like we evolve, our branding will constantly be evolving. So there's no there there. There's no arriving at a brand that's done. There's just tending to the brand and and following the threads of inspiration that add to it, that make it more fun for us.
0: How does one tap into creative inspiration and how is that connected to one's artistic identity?
1: Lots of people have different opinions about how to tap into creative inspiration. I have a few special things that I like to promote or (laughs) I like to expose um, because I think that these particular strategies are more likely to produce creative output that aligns with our core message so that's why I like them so one really important thing is to create from where we actually are and not where we want to be so example I might have an illusion that in order to write music I'm in some exalted state everything's going really well in my relationship I feel great (laughs) and I sit down and my meditation altered i break out my guitar and like god is flowing through my lips or whatever you know like um the reality is like I procrastinate you know use up all my time I wind up with 30 minutes to create I just had a fight with somebody I'm feeling crunchy I didn't eat all day I slept poorly last night one of my strings broke and here I am you know it's an exaggerated example but oftentimes can represent the creative process. You know, so it's like, how do I write? You know, especially if I want to be inspiring. Yeah, I want to inspire people. And so I found the solution is to like identify what's true right now. Like what's the truest truth that I can say in this moment that accurately describes a piece of the human experience that we can all identify with. And undoubtedly I will unearth something that goes along with my core message because that's who I am and I actually can't do anything but that. Um, And that seed turns into the most gorgeous flowers. And in Mm -hmm. fact, you know, some of the most incredible creations that myself and my clients have come up with have been by allowing the heartbreak of the moment um, or the the numbness of the moment even the apathy of the moment, (laughs) the uninspiration um, to take to be a seed, to take root.
0: Yeah, definitely, because when I'm writing songs, most of the time, at least to this point, has been when I'm angry, when I'm sad, when a breakup yeah. just happened. That's where a lot of the the music writing comes from. The, these days, I pull inspiration from a lot more places, I feel like, but my early days were all about that.
1: Well, I think that's the place most of us know what to do. You know, like most of us know how to write a song when we're in heartbreak. That is like the tip. Like, we're moved. We're crying. like we're feeling the upset of the, you know, that's something that most of us know how to do. And then most of us know how to write when we're exalted, you know, like on top of the world, but how, like so, so few of us know how to create when neither of those things are happening. And so I find this is a great way to shake that loose. And another way I love to shake that loose is, um, you know, I'm a big, I'm not religious, but I'm a big believer in prayer, like in terms of, uh, our capacity to influence our reality through our words and our desires. I think there's something to that. And I've noticed that if I tune into what is my biggest desire, or if you don't like the word prayer, to you know, intention of the moment, what am I working on? Like, what do I, where am I suffering right now? Like, where am I in longing? Where is there a desire? Because when I find that, that's also the seed that can get me into the place of inspiration, of creativity. And oftentimes I find that my, if I tune into kind of the wisdom of the others or my higher self or whatever I want to call it, there's a message there. And that message oftentimes is the song or the piece of art that wants to come through.
0: I'm listening to an audio right now on sacred gifts. It's non-religious and non-denominational, but one of the things she said is, is a gift for some is prayer and I think we can all pray and get something beautiful out of it but there's people who just love it right they will pray all day if if they could
1: yeah absolutely and I think like you know prayer is something that again has been boxed into a religious practice that we do like if you pray this many times God will love you and you'll have done (laughs) your duty um versus like the idea that you know Maybe that's true, maybe it's not true, but we all have a relationship with creation. Yes. The creative force of the universe and um, fostering that relationship includes asking for help, asking for what we want, uh, uh, stating our desires and our needs. And I think that it's it can be sacred. It can also be highly mundane. You know, hey, creator, help me. I <laughs> have any inspiration <laughs> right now yeah. and I'd like to write a song. <laughs> You know, whatever it is, And I just I've found I think it's so worth experimenting with because I found that when I track it, everything gets responded to somehow, you know, usually within about a year, you know, like about a year later after making some big, crazy prayer, I'll find that it's been answered to the point where I don't even remember making it. It's like wow. it doesn't even I don't even remember when I needed that help with that unless I wrote a song about it
0: at the time. Why is beauty so important in our culture? And how have we succumbed to distraction and shiny object syndrome?
1: It's super clear that beauty is important in our culture. If you look at the beauty industry, I mean the mounting obsession with with visual perfection. You know, like the, right. the Photoshop and the uh, the filters, and also the people are you know so into enhancements, physical enhancements these days. Like they're, the obsession with beauty is rising, and. One could look at that and say, oh my gosh, we're all so misguided. Like, what are we doing? Wasting our time, energy and money on like modifying our appearance and trying to look fake or whatever it is, you know, Hmm. but I think it's just a misguided desire for something that we all crave. I think that as humans, we all crave beauty. It's why art and music and things like that have continued to be important throughout the centuries and the millennia. It's because we we all want the symmetry and the harmony of beauty in front of us. There's something about that that resonates so deep in our soul as something as food, as something we need. And I think that we've gotten confused in pursuing beauty only in terms of a, um, attuning to a specific physical standard, specific standard of beauty. Beauty in quotes, yeah. Instead of actually You know, I think if we all followed our creative impulses and focused on art and creating beauty and being in the flow of beauty and appreciating art and beauty, that we'd have a much smaller appetite for that, like perfectionistic, unattainable, physical beauty stance.
0: And I feel like the last two years probably haven't helped. There's beauty in the mountains, in the lakes, in the ocean, in the rivers. There's beauty in flowers. There's beauty everywhere. Right outside our door in many cases. And we don't always appreciate and enjoy it.
1: Exactly. Right. I think if we all spent more time with flowers, it would be life-changing.
0: Absolutely, it would. (laughs) So this is the part that I think many listeners are going to want to know, and they're going to perk up a bit. And it's possible we've laid the groundwork for how this works in this interview already. But how do artists effectively monetize their work?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. So there are so many different ways to monetize work as an artist. So yes, are. I would say, you know, this is why I work with individuals on this because I can kind of look at them holistically and look at their whole ecosystem of money-making and talents and skills and figure out how those things go together. And so that's what I recommend you do if you're listening. Like what are the different things that you love to do with your time Focus on getting paid for the things you already do with your time. So if you're a musician who hates to perform, don't try to get paid for bookings, right? That's not your thing, right? But if you're a musician who loves to make videos, you know, go apply for the creator fund on TikTok and Pinterest and Facebook or wherever, who's ever monetizing Reels right now, like there's an opportunity for you. Um, if you're someone who wants to make money off of recorded music, um, that's hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's uh, you need to have a lot of fans if you don't have a lot of fans yet a lot of listeners um, try crowdfunding i've had a lot of success with that my clients have had a lot of success with that you know like no find your local artisans make it something really cool and compelling that people want to buy monetize other people's art as a way to monetize your art if you're a writer and you're an artist and you're stuck because you don't think anyone wants to publish your stuff or they don't pay very much you know, like Make products and sell them on Etsy, you know, like make beautiful memes of your writing and frame them and put them on Etsy, sell them, right? Like there's always, there's always a way, but it really is about looking at what you do already, how you already want to spend your time, and then getting, applying your creative brilliance to notice all the ways that it's possible to make money from that thing. And then double down on that. Yeah, that's my advice.
0: I've self-published six books, and so I can definitely say that even if there's nobody interested in your works or your books, which is not the case for me, but there is a way, definitely. And those things would not exist if if the time and effort hadn't gone into them in the first place. So, but for me, it obviously pours out of me. It's not something that forced myself at a desk to do. It's actually fun to organize my thoughts.
1: Totally. And there's so many ways to monetize a book other than just selling the book on Amazon. There's so yeah. many different ways. Books can become programs. They can become art. They can become memes. They can become whatever you want them to become. Um, and it is possible to make all sorts of money from books.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I've gone deep on this myself. You know, you got yeah. <laughs> you got medium. You got affiliate income. You got advertising. You could take tips. You could crowdfund, like you said earlier. You could turn your book into a special edition PDF book. You could turn it into a course. You could turn it into mastermind or a coaching program or a live event. So yeah, there's endless options. That's for sure.
1: Absolutely. The key is, I think, considering your core message, seeing if it lines up with that and making sure that you are only monetizing stuff that is fun
0: for you to do. I was starting to think about today. Uh, publishing monthly income reports and then focusing on the exact areas that that produce for me and are fun for me so what you said is kind of validating in that sense
1: glad to hear it
0: yeah and next up i think i had a name for this but i don't remember it's the tim ferris round of questions basically i'm gonna ask you four questions and these are to reveal your personality and add some extra value to the audience and the first is what's the last youtube video you watched
1: Okay, it was some sort of a sound bath situation. I forget why I was watching it. Somebody sent it to me, but I do love sound baths.
0: Well, it sounds calming and meditative. So that's nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Be> we so happy.
0: <laughs> What's your daily routine like?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I wake up, I spend time with my fiance connecting, and then I recite Vedic mantras. I do a, um, a Hatha yoga practice. I Tend to my cat. I take herbs and other things to keep me really well. And I make a really power packed green smoothie with lots of organic greens and fruit and mushrooms and all the things. Um, That's my morning routine.
0: I love that. What's the greatest challenge you've overcome?
1: The greatest challenge I've overcome is not knowing what to do with my life and knowing what to do to make money and still be happy Hmm. that was definitely the main source of angst in my life which is how i wound up advising others on the same
0: no doubt (laughs) and then what's the greatest victory you've experienced
1: the greatest victory i've experienced was going from a frustrated angsty teenager that wanted to make music and didn't know how or when that would manifest to going in the music business and still not having any clue to having released a couple of albums that really mean a lot to me. I think for me, that is the biggest win of my life. Albums that mean a lot to other people too. And having gotten to play a part in their healing um, as they've used the music as a tool for that.
0: Hmm. And are there any books that have helped you on your journey?
1: Oh my gosh, there are books that have really helped me. So first of all, on the creativity front, I always crow about big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. There's so much good juice in that book. I cannot recommend it highly enough on the relationship front. And I think this is so important because the quality of our relationships informs the level of creative juice we're going to have and the amount of energy we're going to have to run a business. Mm-hmm. If We have distracting, draining relationships in our life. We're not going to have a lot of success most likely. So. The book is called Attached. It's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. And it's the science of adult attachment theory. And I think that everyone who relates should read this book. It's so important and so freeing. Hmm. And then finally, another book that just absolutely changed my life that I keep copies of in my trunk to give to people is a book called Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno. He's um, a regular Western medical doctor who he's passed, you know, he passed away, but he worked, I think at NYU or records, and he figured out the psychosomatic link between back pain, knee pain, wrist pain, you know, tooth pain, whatever, and our psyche and describes how to unhook it. And um, I myself uh, read this book and was relieved of about nine pain symptoms that have never come back years and years ago. And I meet people all the time who um, are healed by this book. Because pain, again, is another one of those things. Physical pain will distract us from our process. And in particular, if it's psychosomatic, um, something in our system is trying to distract us with the pain. Its role is to distract us. And that is going to take away from our creativity, from our ability to focus on our business. So Healing Back Pain, totally revolutionary book
0: that's awesome and our listeners might want to go back and check out my recent interview with my friend amos bracewell his product is called knockout originals really powerful stuff it's a formulation of essential oils it smells great and it feels good on on your back and shoulders and neck if you're experiencing any pain so that might be another thing to check out so thanks for your time and generosity tara is there anything else i should have asked
1: i would just say if if you're listening and you want to dive in deeper to this work. I actually have a free course on my website Mm -hmm. called create and flow that you can sign up for right now. If you're interested, you can just go to taradavina.com and it'll take you through the process of getting clear on your core message of figuring out how to get inspired in different ways. And we go in a lot deeper in this course um, to some of the things that we've touched on today. So if that's something, if you're wanting to dive a little deeper, it's my gift to you.
0: That's awesome. I'll have to go check it out too. And thanks again for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So we recently collated all of our PDF resources. That includes numerous ebooks, a bunch of blog resources, podcast transcriptions and show notes, and we put them all into what we're calling the PDF vault. This might be one of the best things we even have right now, and if you haven't signed up for it already, I want to encourage you to do so. It's free in exchange for your email address. All you have to do is go to musicentrepreneurhq.com/pdfvault to open the vault and get access to all these amazing pdf resources that's music entrepreneur hq.com slash pdf v-a-u-l-t this has been episode 268 of the new music industry podcast i'm david andrew and i look forward to seeing you on the stages of the world thank you for listening Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast.